Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, so this week, Sean, um, I don't know what you did when he came and visited you in Charlottesville, but Max is not here. Uh, should I be concerned? Uh, you should not. Uh, he's okay. I believe he is uh, traveling for what I think the kids call work. Um, so so he should be back next week. Um <sighs> next podcast week sometime this week like in you know real life (laughs) because what we're doing here is like not real life if we're if we're being honest with ourselves well it's it's interesting that you you mention you mention work or or that's what he tells us that he's going there for he he might just need a a nice helping of of gronk and and dunks and and brady and belichick but uh yeah i I think a lot of in a lot of ways this is this is a release from work uh you know we we get together and and uh don't think about the realities and the the stresses of our lives and instead pick a topic that uh we get sort of angry about or are irritated about for 45 minutes which is sometimes people bunting (laughs) right well you know it's a nice release until the recording part is over and it's time for one of us to edit the thing and get it posted on the website and stare at the backlog of things that people have sent him to edit and put up writing wise. And, uh, you know, so most of this is a a release, but a little bit of it is also kind of work too. Uh, but, but it's probably more rewarding work than, than actual work or at least, yeah. I would say that depends on your, your work situation, but I, you know, I, I know that I enjoy this. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of things that we enjoy, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm kind of at the point now where I, I think that if you have access to a cable subscription that has FX and you aren't watching Atlanta, you're basically not a person I want to spend any time with. I I think one thing that's easy, especially people of the Atlanta watching age, and which which we are, and yes. fortunately a lot of my friends are, a lot of my friends are watching it. It's easy to be hyperbolic. Sure. So, I, I'm definitely being hyperbolic, but it's... Uh, no, but I'm going to embrace the the hyperbole here and say that it's the best show on television. Oh, that's not hyperbolic at all. It is absolutely the the best, most creative, most original thing on TV. No, I have no doubt about that. And it's probably the most important show on television. Uh, you know, you can you can have a favorite or the most spectacular. Uh, I would say a lot of HBO shows are spectacular. Um, but there, Atlanta is a whole different ball of wax, which is a phrase I don't know where it comes from. So uh, as we've seen on uh, Atlanta this year, one of the episodes is there's a not really a joke because it, it takes a turn, but about, oh, where, where does that word come from? Is it actually really offensive? And you can quickly make up a story that, oh, yeah, it's very offensive and it just sounds um, 
it, I, the the joke in the show is to catch someone red-handed and then they oh they, yeah yeah they go into it a joke about it but um i just there's there's no other show that that makes me stop and sit and think um after watching it like atlanta does right now yeah i'm i'm inclined to agree with you um and i think in particular the last two episodes have been just a a really incredible run Uh, Mm -hmm. uh this season i think this season has been very good it's um it's it's different from season one, which was, in its time, it was the best and most creative and original thing on TV, uh, yeah. and, and it came back and is really like, it's I think it's hitting a lot of the same heights. It's it's doing things a little differently though, uh, and, and you know you and I have both talked over the last two weeks about how just sort of remarkable how astounding these last two episodes have been so here's the thing about atlanta and i would point to and and i hope we can link to it the new yorker did a profile of donald glover and you can i'm i'm a snooty person for reading the new yorker i understand that their profiles when they do them of of people that that you know and you're interested in it it's a fascinating to look into them because they always do it in such a way that uh, I think New Yorker profiles are always look like New Yorker profiles, but the one of him was particularly important for me in viewing the season because he's not the most likable fellow, but one thing that comes out is he's very driven, he's very creative, and I do think that his his focuses will shift from time to time and he'll get bored of something, as, as I think a lot of creative people do, and he doesn't really want to be held back by you know others or whatever. He has an idea. It's very clear that this season of Atlanta means a lot to him because you mentioned, you know, last year it was really, really great. This year it's also great. But last year, one thing it did is we had expectations for a television show and it threw those off. And so this year you kind of are setting your expectations. Oh, Atlanta is that different show and we expect it to be different. But here we are, two weeks in a row, completely thrown off by an episode called Barbershop. I believe that was the name of it, um, which was so cringe-inducing and such a <laughs> such a you know carousel ride in a way. Yep. And then this week, another absolutely phenomenal weird episode, and one thing that is is uh, well in a way is consistent between the two without going in depth. Uh, the basically the lead character of the show is not in either this is a television show that has a lead character the first line guy is not in two straight episodes yeah. just not in it yeah it, that really is fascinating although you know I, I think that i would maybe argue that the show is not it's less about earn donald glover's character than we should have believed it was um and you know it was really more he is kind of in the orbit of his cousin paperboy uh yeah. alfred uh who's the key the key character of barbershop um uh-huh. but i mean the the point that you made it is just it's spot on even after our expectations for what a tv show could be like what a you know what a scripted I mean, this was nominally, I think, maybe a comedy when it was at least sort of when it was pitched. And, 
you know, it really subverted those expectations. So now we come back on our guard and I mean, they really cranked up the dial. It's, it's, I, I, so I watched the most recent episode, which is called Teddy Perkins. Um, yesterday uh it, just in the middle of the afternoon and I, you know a, a lot of the time I, i'm not the best or, or most intent uh attentive um consumer of uh entertainment i'll be looking at my phone or you know kind of thinking about something else uh and, and i just i watched every second of this just totally tunnel vision wrapped like didn't move my mouth i just like i couldn't i couldn't take my eyes off it it was it was stunningly weird and and disturbing um i looked at my phone but it's because i was scared because i was alone in my apartment at night um but that's (laughs) that's why i looked at my phone the only thing keeping me company was like oh and 20 minutes i have to go fold my bread so i can turn the lights on again uh maybe there's a tweet somewhere um yeah but i mean like i there was a i was holding my phone and there was one point where i just sort of my whole body just kind of tensed up and like i dropped it i was like that whoa that doesn't ever happen um so so what what about these two episodes I, I guess you already mentioned barbershop and, yeah. and sort of the cringe factor but what, like what is it that has your uh, ha, you know has you crushing those mind grapes thinking about barbershop and Teddy Perkins so the thing is is for me as someone who consumes has consumed a lot of TV a lot of TV series um these are two episodes, but I wouldn't really say any more than that about them. They are, they are episodes. In some ways, they are like the way I live life, which is I can tell you that there's a plot to my life, but there's really not. I'm just kind of going to, to use a, a uh, you know, a sports cliche. It's day by day, but there's no, there's no season. You know, there's no season to my life. Uh, you know, it's it's not like a baseball season where it's this long slog. They're just days. And this show has all these strong days, has all these strong episodes. But I don't know, the last three or four episodes of this, and there were some episodes last year, they're just great in and of themselves. And yeah, the characters from one are in the next but it's not even like it's not even like Seinfeld where you know you have an expectation that you know every show kind of works in its own and these characters you see them progress or they play the same characters over time and again but i mean you have this character Darius this week who is who is you know playing himself but is so kind of detached from the rest of the characters he's really by himself in this episode um and in that way it's just I say this is the best show on TV, but it's like no other TV, so I have no real way to gauge it. Mm-hmm. I, that's an interesting point. I, I mean, I would say that, you know, continuity-wise, uh, honestly, most of the show is kind of self-connected, or sorry, self-contained episodes, maybe with some connective tissue to other things. Um but by and large, and and I would say, uh, you know, my 
probably my three favorite episodes. Uh, Teddy Perkins. Actually, my four favorite episodes. Teddy Perkins, Barbershop, um, B.A.N. from season one, and uh, Nobody Beats the Beebs uh, are all like... What, what I, I think the I think the uh, the term is bottle episodes where you yeah. can you can take them in they they exist in a bottle you don't need outside context necessarily to understand what's going on and yeah. I kind of love that um, well, for, I, I think it's really context, fascinating yeah uh, for context on that uh, I think before this one of the most famous bottle episodes was the fly episode from Breaking Bad which is important because yeah. the guy who did that episode is is I believe Ryan Johnson who is now Mr. Star Wars man. Right. Uh, it, it, these are powerful things if you do them right, but I think everyone is scared to do them, but here we are with Atlanta and they've been embraced. Yep. And and you know uh, BAN does this thing. I, I I'm not going to I mean it's not really a spoilable episode uh, because of what it is and it's similar in a lot, a lot of ways, I think, uh, to a, an episode of Mr. Robot that I really loved from, I think, from this past season, where it's kind of like it's what's happening is there's a show within the show. And so this episode of Atlanta is really an episode of another TV show taking place inside the universe of Atlanta. And Paperboy is on the show, like as a mm-hmm. guest, like a talk show. And... It's just it's fascinating to to observe that, um, and then the the other thing that you mentioned about Darius, and, and it's another thing that I think is really great about this show is that you know it really is they take the idea that you know Donald Glover Earn is the number one guy on the call sheet, but really isn't kind of the sole center of the show, and they take it to a really great level. There are episodes that focus on Alfred. There, are, uh, there, there's at least one episode where where the real emotional center is Van, um, Ern's kind of on again, off again girlfriend, um, the mother of his child, and, and you really get to spend some time uh, with her without Ern in a way yeah. that I think is fascinating. And, and this episode, Teddy Perkins. That really just the the sole character from the main cast who's in the show for more than one scene is Darius. And he, in the first season, is largely kind of comic relief, but not so much comic as just what is that weird guy doing? You know, he, he's just, he's an oddball. And to, to see him progress from that to this episode really like being the emotional center and, and carrying he carries a ton of weight there you know uh, there, a theme one of the themes that gets touched on in Teddy Perkins a lot is like, abusive fathers like Joe Jackson and Richard Williams uh, you know who are, are really pushing their their children to be great at something but they're they're pushing past the point of what you might consider like normal or good parenting and you know, pushing even into the point where they are abusing their children. And Darius really opens up in a way that 
that was actually that was the point that I dropped my phone. I was, I was so floored by by this totally unexpected revelation of real real emotional insight from a guy who you know who who seemed like his main contribution to the show in season one was maybe that he goes to like a shooting range and uses a target where instead of uh, you know the silhouette of a person is a silhouette of a dog um and just like to see the way that this show gives everybody some time with the ball they really you know to to keep going back to the to the sports analogy like they're they're an unselfish team that really that works everyone into the flow of the game in in an amazing way i love it so much and i'm still trying to decipher okay and and do i do I need to compare it to all the other shows that I, I like a lot or have liked a lot in the, the pantheon of, of great TV, I guess. And it's, it's very hard to do that. I, I admittedly, it has also only been on for two years, but if it stops tomorrow, um, it doesn't have that thing where you go, Oh, you know, this season of Mad Men, they kind of, they kind of went too far with it. Or what was it? The second to last season of lost. Why did they even do that? Because the way the show is structured, you don't you don't have to do that, and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the creativity of that. But am I supposed to put it in the frame of all these shows that have come before it? And it's like, oh, if you don't do it this way, I'm not going to view you the same way. Um, you know, certainly the show Fargo has has done that a little bit, um, and True Detective did when it was well, it was really only for one season, and then the second <laughs> season everybody hated. But it was a it was bottle-esque and that each season was completely new cast and characters, but it was still that same creative, uh, you know, nucleus that was, was directing things. But this is even different than that. There's, there's something, as you say, about everyone sharing the ball, but our expectations are totally warped. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, I mean, I wouldn't put them in, I wouldn't try to put Atlanta in the same frame as Mad Men. They're trying to do different things. Uh, I, I, like I think it's really important to distinguish between sort of the colloquial usage of it's hard to compare, which suggests that it's not as good. It's hard for it to measure up and just say, no, no, no it's really actually just literally tough to compare these two shows because mm-hmm. they're so different. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, sort of the commonly accepted quote unquote golden age of TV pantheon from the you know, late nineties and two thousands in, you know, even into the 2010s is breaking bad, mad men, the Sopranos and the wire. And those shows are all kind of different. I think the wire is the most different of all of those. Um, but there is, there's also pretty strong connecting tissue that they all really when it comes down to it they focus on the story the the life and times of this one great man great in the sense of uh like how in in harry potter um i think it's the wand maker who mentions that that voldemort is is great uh terrible but great if that makes sense so like 
Tony Soprano is not a good person, but he's a like a quote unquote great man. He's doing, you know, big and noteworthy things, even if they're reprehensible and monstrous. And Don Draper is a great man, even if he is invented out of whole cloth. And some of the things that he does are disgusting and misogynistic and, and horrible. Um, These are and, internet people. They're great, but they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a, I suppose that's a good way to put it. But Atlanta yeah. is saying, no, 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 no. We're focusing, like, this show is about a community. It's about it's about a place and about the people that exist in that place in a way that I've never really thought about this, but in a way that is actually very similar to the show that it was compared to when it was being pitched. It's similar to Twin Peaks, I think. Um you know, the show the show was famously pitched to FX as Twin Peaks with rappers. And I know I've had a good chuckle over that. No, nah, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's it's actually not the more that I think about it. The more the more I stop and consider like what Atlanta is and and what what really, you know, what's holding it down? What is the central thing it, it's it's this community it's these people that we see but it's these people in this very specific context of what's happening to them right now in the present day in Atlanta and that is fascinating Mad Men is indelibly a show about New York um the Wire is obviously a show about Baltimore. The Sopranos, I don't think. I mean, I, I guess The Sopranos makes the most sense in New Jersey because of who's involved. Um, uh, it's it's also a show about suburban life. If if you're going to sure. continue with like a location like that, I would say it's right. A, it's a show about suburbia. That's a good point. And then, you know, Breaking Bad. I think so I think Breaking Bad is probably the least oriented of the sort of the big four in a specific place. I mean, everything is happening in Albuquerque, that's fine, but it's almost more important for the vistas and you know, the the gorgeous shots of the desert in like in Ozymandias and, and you know, and it's better episodes, uh, than it is actually a show that has to take place in Albuquerque. But you get yeah. the sense watching Atlanta that the, the really there's no other place that this show could exist. And I think that I think that that's that's well and true. And again, the, the Twin Peaks is is interesting that you mentioned that because there is still a a story that is being told in Twin Peaks, a, a story that stretches across. Um, you know those those first two seasons, the the prequel movie. I haven't watched the most recent ones, but there there is a story um, to the whole thing, and mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. Well, I know that with Atlanta, there's not as much of that that story, that connecting tissue from episode to episode, other than these these people live in, uh, you know, all these folks they live in this just mind boggling time. And it, it, but they also, 
you know, experience the same things that everyone else does. It just might be through different lens. Like this episode with with Darius, it, it's a ridiculous situation, and it is frightening. It is a it is an episode of horror. Um, but his revelation about abusive fathers and is, as you point out, it's it's incredible. It's it's wonderful, and that there is something that a lot of people can recognize the conversations that were more traditional um kind of uh, talks between significant others between urn and, and van early in the season is set in a weird setting of a german festival in like the woods of georgia but them discussing how to raise their child and how they relate to one another and the things that you know bother the hell out of one another those are things that everyone can relate to, especially people of that age and this time. And I think place still matters because clearly Atlanta is a city that offers a lot and has, you know, plenty of problems too. But the amazing thing is you get this funky setting and these crazy situations, but you still see the humanity in it. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, and that's really what the show is. The show is about humanity. It's about you know, people living their lives and sometimes weird supernatural shit happens. Uh, and sometimes they find themselves in a weird horror movie esque situation like Darius did last week. Um, but what, like whatever situations they find themselves in over the next, uh, however many weeks are left in the season. I, I want to say four, maybe five. Oh, it looks like this is an 11 episode season. So five more weeks. Um, and then for, God, for however many seasons they have uh, after that, I just it. I, I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch it as it airs because I actually don't have FX in the cable subscription that hooks to my TV. Um, I access it through uh, a generous benefactor uh, online. But I mean, every week it is like appointment viewing for me to get to it as soon as I can. And I think it, I don't see any way that it's not going to continue to be that. And, and listen, I, we both adore the Americans, which is another FX show. Um, I'm going to finish but, episode two after we finish recording this. Um, uh, we both love the Americans and it's a great TV show at points. It's been the best TV show. Yeah. Um, but it struggled with that that normal uh, expectation of season to season. You got to keep it moving, and then okay, we have to end it somehow. How do you end it? Mm-hmm. Atlanta can end however it wants because it is a very very human story. Um, if if the sh- if they didn't do any more episodes, if it ended after this Tony Perkins episode, I'd be fine with that. If it ended after the barbershop episode, I'd be fine with that because. The thing that is worth, I think, celebrating the most on the show is just this um, unflinching uh, pursuit of creative expression. I think that's what it is. I don't have to frame it in the sense of, hear it, oh, look upon this great man and, and the things he does, both good and terrible. Um, it is, you know, it's it's really a show about things that i cringed at the last episode uh the the urn and van episode at which was it called helen i forget what it was called but yes um yeah i you know i it brought feelings in me because it's so relatable and 
I t- I'll tell you that I relate to things that happen in Mad Men episodes, but it's pieces and parts, not the not the whole thing. Because while there might not be the plot that's the through line, there is these you know feelings and situations that everyone can uh, uh, everyone can recognize, even if it's you know projected upon a a musty house with uh was an ostrich egg and a <laughs> rainbow piano right yep i uh, agreed on all counts so like go watch atlanta i it's not totally hyperbolic i i think for me to say if you have the ability to watch it and you're not watching it uh you probably need to change something in your life yeah yeah um yeah, so uh, if you have thoughts about uh, this season of Atlanta, last season of Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, city um, of Atlanta, I haven't. I well, I've been there very. I went there for UVA went to a bowl game one time. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with back this. back when but, they still had a football program. Uh, yeah. b- before Navy gave them the death penalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I went there for that game too. Uh, it, That's you know. Right. Uh, anyway, so if you have thoughts on the show, the city, whatever, uh, come check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Okay, it is time, as it is every week, for uh, for you to uh, to open up your your ledger. Uh, my name is Earl Style, and and atone for your sins. Uh, it's Pierce's sorry. What are you apologizing for this week, man? You know, I I've never watched any of that television program. I bet I would hate it. Um, but um, you know, in, in consistent with hating, I think that this is kind of a a way to express hate for oneself. Though I think in a positive way because I am sharing it with others. It's I think that's probably good. But um, you were actually privy to this this particular situation. Oh, I'm interested. Um, and and I think you're you will very quickly understand where this this direction is going. Um, so it's it's that time of year when when things are slowing down as far as sports go, and there aren't that many options for enjoyment um, of sports. And, and so I'm scrolling through various channels of, you know, be it Deadspin or, or the uh, SB Nation MLB newsletter, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And over the weekend, there was a bit of an altercation at a at a at the home plate of uh the diamondbacks cardinals game yes and i guess the manager for the arizona diamondbacks which is a baseball team and they have a manager who i'm told is the manager i've never heard of this person before i'm i'm really just out of it with baseball not that i've ever been into it but i'm clearly out of it sure so their manager goes to argue balls and strikes they're playing the cardinals Cardinals. I hate the Cardinals. Everyone should despise the Cardinals. For how great Atlanta is, the opposite of that is the Arizona, uh, is the is is the St. Louis Cardinals. They're awful. <laughs> They're terrible. They should be despised. But the manager starts getting in an argument with Yadier Molina, who is the longtime catcher, very good player, good at baseball player uh, for the Cardinals. I would so I text- disagree. I would perhaps disagree with this notion that he was arguing with Yadier Molina. He was clearly arguing with the ref, or sorry, the umpire. He, God damn, that's he's that's he upsetting. said something, and Yadier Molina reacted, and the bench is clear. Yes. Okay. So what I'm apologizing for this week 
is upon reflection, I texted you in front of the podcast, Jared, who uh, went into a tizzy over our our discussion last week, which was lovely. Um, yes, on I'm the going. I will baseball. be. Um, I will be compiling the the tomes that we all exchanged with each other and uh, look for that to to hit the site sometime. Hopefully this week. Yeah, uh, and and so you both. I I, I said basically. I hate the Cardinals, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, uh, get into, you shouldn't cause an argument with Yadier Melita. He's like the one saving grace potentially on that team. And, and you both put me in my, my proper place, which was no, don't. Don't be fooled by Yadier Molina seeming to be, you know, the difference maker or the one, you know, person who's not that way on the Cardinals. Um, and so I'm apologizing for defending Yadier Molina or any Cardinal for that matter, because I've realized afterwards that he's just a slightly different Brian McCann, basically. And I yes. cannot live with defending a a Brian McCann clone. So mm-hmm. uh, I apologize for that. You also characterized him as the one non-white person on the Cardinals, which is like super not true. It's it's not it's not true. It seems true because and you said they it by way of Lance Berkman, but it's and, not true. And you said it by way of trying to defend him somehow. Uh, <laughs> any my inclination, as I noted to you this morning, was I'm sure whatever he said, uh, like I, I wish whatever he said was probably twice as inappropriate. Um, because I'm I, I'm not a fan of the Cardinals. I'm definitely not a fan of Yadier Molina. Uh, and you know, I think I'm sure he just oh, totally overreacted and in a very in a very Cardinals way. Um, but yes, I, I'm I'm glad to hear it on on, on behalf of Jared. Um, I'm sure if he thinks differently, he'll text you. Uh, I accept your apology. Um, well, and, Dexter uh, Fowler the is now on the Cardinals. He's he's a good guy, so maybe things are going to start going the right direction. But I won't hold like, my prob- breath. Eh, probably not. Um, okay. So, uh, I'll close the show this week with, uh, some big ideas from pop culture. I actually have two, uh, wow. one, one self-serving and one, uh, just sort of informative and, and delightful. I'll, I'll start with that one. Um, you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the, the New Yorker profile of Donald Glover and, and you were talking about how, how neat it is when these publications, profile you know people that you're you're interested in and i had that same experience today as i scrolled through a gq profile of cardi b uh i'm convinced that the only person on the face of the planet who can rival donald glover for the claim to being the most interesting creative person on the planet is Cardi B. Um, and just, it's fascinating to, to see her, uh, open up about like getting illegals back alley, butt injections. Um, but also at the same time being someone who's like really interested in presidential history. Um, uh, just like it, it was Similar to seeing Darius become the emotional center of an episode of Atlanta. It was just, it was something I totally didn't expect and I was super there for it. Um, so I'll link that, uh, along with the New Yorker profile of Donald Glover in the show notes. Um, and then the other thing, if I can 
be self-serving and, and do some shameless plugging. Uh, I DJ for a college radio station here in Charlottesville. Uh, and we do four pledge drives a year, one, uh, and each one is, uh, tied to a particular department, uh, and they call it the department marathon. So this week, right now, uh, the rock marathon is going on. Um, and just having seen the, the preparation that all of the DJs put into, proposing and, and coming up with these special shows just for this time of year. Um, I, I'm really excited for it. I'm doing a show uh, later this week uh, on, on songs from concept albums. Um, and, and just like, it, it's really, it's a cool thing. And, and we do it, you know, to give listeners some fun stuff to listen to, but we also do it uh, because it's how we solicit donations to keep the station running um, because, uh, listener donations are, are the single biggest source of that station's funding. Um, you know, people, people tend to think that they get a ton of money from the university of Virginia and it's really not the case. Uh, so if you are musically inclined or if you just, you want something cool to listen to, if you went to UVA and you listened to WTJU when you were in college, or if you DJed and, and you really loved your experience, please take a few minutes to tune in this week. Find a show you're interested in, um, and, and if you can, if you can make it happen, uh, I know, I know they would really love donations. Um, uh, they they told us the math. Apparently, it costs seventy five out, out. Ooh, wow, seventy five dollars to run the station for an hour. So. You know, just any anything that you can contribute really helps. So um, all week they have people answering the phones. That number is 434-924-3959. You can also go to wtju.net slash donate if you'd rather do it online. Um, so thank you for indulging my, uh, my shameless promotion. Um, uh, and, and hopefully some of you will... We'll listen uh, and, and, you know, find something you really enjoy. <coughs> I take it that was a, a mic drop? Uh, well, that was my that was my phone <laughs> uh, slipping. But, yeah. Oh, are no, you watching I, Teddy I mean, Perkins I, again? It was Teddy Perkins again. Uh, I also worked, well, worked and volunteered more like at, yes. at WTJU when I was at UVA doing a, a news program. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's important. You know, this this kind of public radio is is really important because, uh, you know, it's it's your students are doing things they love. People are doing the, the things they love that, you know, of other things going on in the community. I think it's a great, you know, civil thing. Yep. So support it. I agree. All right. So thank you in advance to everybody who donates or to everybody even who just who tunes in and, and listens and becomes a fan of the station. Uh, and, and on that note, that's the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at pretty okay pod, or drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com. If you want to let us know what you think of the show, you can get this and every episode of the podcast at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, uh, along with writings about, uh, music and occasionally other things too. Like I said, uh, should be something coming up about, baseball and its unwritten rules connected to our last podcast. Um, 
If that's not your jam, you can subscribe to our feed so you never miss an episode. They go straight to your device of choice. You can get us on Apple Podcasts or really most other places that you listen to audio content. Uh, If you have something that you listen to podcasts on and you can't find us on it, uh, drop us a line at itsprettyokay at gmail.com and we'll, we'll try to figure out how to get it to you anyway. Uh, if you subscribe, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or even just find somebody that you think might like what we're doing and tell them about the show. We'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening. <laughs>